Hello, and welcome to the If We Knew Then podcast. I'm Stephen Sachs. And I'm Lori Sachs. And today we are going to take a moment to talk about and celebrate the fact that Liam just graduated from the fifth grade. Elementary school. For those of you who have listened to our episodes, you know that this journey was big. It's a big percentage of what we talk about on this podcast and what we talk about in our lives. The fight for education, equanimity, the civil right for our son to receive an education has been something that we've thought about a lot during his time in elementary school. We didn't think about it one bit during our daughter's <laughs> tenure in elementary school, which I believe that's kind that's how it should be. But he graduated and we feel that we need to take a moment to really celebrate it. I, f I feel like on this journey, we don't always take the moment to celebrate and honor the achievements. We just know that there's one more achievement ahead of us, one more challenge, one more goal. Yeah, sometimes it's really easy just to bulldoze through and say, okay, what, what's next? We, gotta, we, oh, we can't celebrate this and take the time. And it was weird. The day, I'll be honest, was just strange. I, I felt I woke up, well, that whole week, actually, and leading up to it, maybe the month leading up to it when he was approaching uh, graduation. And uh, also we knew his we had to do his transition IEP for going into middle school, which I think the weird part was that before he transferred to this school, we had so much fear about middle school being a continuation of the journey that we had just gone through in elementary school. And same fight, just maybe different people. Same fight, different people, but a bigger also environment and yeah. more unknowns and puberty and kids that are older and all of these other things that middle school is just the same that we felt for our daughter there's always a different element with Liam. There's always a different awareness. And um, I don't like to use fear, but if I'm not careful, it becomes fear. I want to use my knowledge and love to have it become information and guidance. But there's fear there because... Can we say proactive concern? <laughs> Just a bit of concern and it makes us... Activate something. But see, that's the thing is we can't even have like a, a normal conversation about it without feeling that there's something more. And I think that yeah. that is what I'm getting like <laughs> approaching the day. Like there's, like there's approaching the day. I at the same time, I felt like there needs to be a ticker tape damn parade mm -hmm. that happens. And then on the other side of inclusion, I was like, I would love for this to just be just another day. So I was torn because honestly, that's how Liam feels about it. He knew he, he, he was like, yeah, I'm graduating. It wasn't that big of a deal to him. Like, he really was just like, yeah, 
Just like with most things, like, yeah. It was cool that he may not see some of these people again for a little while, or he may have to go, he's going to go to another campus. He takes it in such better stride than I do. Mm. Really. I feel like I'm caught on the extremities so often, the concerns, and and I'm really working on it this this year or even just this last month, even more so, just working on being present in the moment that's before me, in that moment, not what I want it to be, what I think it should be, how I need to navigate it to make it right, what do I need to add to it, that it really is perfect. That moment, that accomplishment, finding a suit (laughs) that I can buy ahead of time that's still going to fit him on graduation day Mm. because he's growing so much. But living in that moment is what Liam's really good at. I mean, that's what we're talking about where he... Knows it's a big day for graduation. It's going to be this big party for him. But then he's like, well, then we could do Disneyland, right? So he sees that as, we'll do this, then we'll go to Disneyland. What are we going to do to celebrate it? We'll go, okay, we'll go to Disneyland. Mm-hmm. But there wasn't really anything else that he needed or wanted. And I'd have to say the same thing for Sophia. She never needed all of those things that I put on her. Like, she didn't need a party. She didn't, that wasn't her jam either. And the great thing is, is I'm, it's not too late to change. It's never too late to change. And I'm seeing it. So, you know, as we were preparing for the graduation, there's so many different elements because the last eight years in our fight with the district to secure our son in education, which is, I mean, it's mind blowing. It's always so mind blowing that we are saying those words, but I find myself saying more and more words that are mind blowing. And I can't continue to pretend. I can't continue to say I'm surprised. I think that I'm smarter than that. I've learned to trust and be smarter than that. There is injustice in the world. There are people who want to tell us how to live our lives and what we will achieve and what uh, limits will be placed on us, what boundaries. They want to put those roadblocks and determine who our children are going to be. And it's not up to them. What my child does with his life is up to him to create, to govern his choices. And it is my job my responsibility to support him and to guide him just like I do with my daughter until that point where he is securing his voice. That's, that's my job. That fight knocked us down, but we kept getting back up and we got through it. And we saw the ramifications of it once we were out of there, once we transitioned to this new school. So it's hard for me to look at the instance where uh, assistant principal will say, yeah, we denied your son his civil right to an education and it's because I had a job to keep or that a principal will tell us there's no place for your child and we're not going to support him and that's just how it is. In the moment, it's so overwhelmingly unjust and frustrating. But in that moment, I also had that knowledge and that knowing in my gut that no matter what these people did, at the end of the day, I had the say in how I was going to influence my child, how I would support my child. And it didn't matter what they thought. At the end of the day, I will forget their names. Jason Sudeikis said it so perfectly. 
and I'm going to paraphrase, but right now it's the whole book. It's the whole story. And one day it will be a chapter and then it will be a page and then it will be a paragraph and a sentence and then a word and then just a doodle. And in the moment when it is the whole story, I had to trust that part of me that knows my son. And looking back on it, we got through that together and transferred to a school that wanted to know our son, saw our son, believed in educating in totality our son, saw his value as a human, was equal to every other student in that school. And what we have now, it's hard for me now to look back at what we had gone through I hate it, but then I'm glad for it because I am in a place where I know its beauty. We are at a place where we know our strength, we know our sun, and we can breathe. We got through and we're in this new school for like the last six months of his fifth grade year. That is the part that tells me I need a ticker tape parade because, oh my gosh, what we have gotten through. And we decided to fight for him to stay on curriculum. And we decided that because of one, what Liam showed us his ability was, but two, I think it was really because they kept telling us no, and we did not trust the school. We did not trust the district to give him any education. I didn't have as much of an issue with the idea of taking him off curriculum, although I did not like and still don't like the fact that once he's off curriculum, or when you take your when you take your child off curriculum, they're then not eligible to receive a high school diploma. And I didn't want to make that call. Not not in. I was always told that oh you can get, you can get back on curriculum, but you know. But when there was a time when I asked one of those people who were trying to pull them off curriculum and were saying you can put them back on curriculum, I looked yeah. her in the eye and said, what are the chances of that? And I think because it was a quiet moment and I actually mm-hmm. made eye contact with this person and she kind of like bowed her head a little and was like, unlikely. Well, because if you take a child off curriculum and then form this this whole other way of doing things and then you teach that kid on a different path and a different speed, then you've chosen a different direction. And so How are you going to get back on We've chosen a path. It's not like we're going to choose a path and then go backwards. And I think that was for us, for our family. We wanted to be sure of what path. Now, honestly, with the school we have now, if that's if these are people who care about our son, who actually support him. Yeah, it's not out of the question that could be no, in the future, but be, we don't know the future. I believe that it would be something that is for him to benefit him, not something to benefit a district who doesn't want to educate my son. That's the difference is this school wants what's best for my son. This other school wanted what was best for their their testing, yes. all their scores, and the district and money. So when we get to graduation day, I look back on that journey, and there was there was a part of me that thought, "Yeah, this is what we're going to do." But at the end of the day, once we had the clarity and the ease, I didn't need it. And then I have to think: Was it for me or was it for Liam? Mm-hmm. What was that? Was I proving it? Who was I proving it to? It wasn't, it wasn't, Liam knows what he can do. He sees it every day. He goes through the pains of learning, of repetition, of figuring out how to learn best. He goes through all of that. 
So he knows. But I think that it was because of what we were coming out of that, that, that if we had graduated from that other school, it would have been, that day would have been about me. It would have been about me looking at every person in the eye who told us he would never, and there would have been only, I can't even say a handful, there would have been like three teachers in total that I would have made eye contact with. I would have been surrounded by parents that weren't allies, that didn't understand, not all of them, but the majority. It's easier for people not to be our allies or allies in general. Well, we've talked about, yeah, you know, well, it's hard now. Well, it's hard to be an ally. Yeah. One of the things I felt that made things a little anticlimactic. Yeah, because we had done so much in the two years of COVID. We had taken over all his education uh, because we were forced to and we jumped in and did it. Then we get to citizens of the world. And it was like having this team, this true team that like we'd never had before, raise Liam up and support him. I mean, like we're climbing a mountain, let's say, and we're doing all this, each foot of it, we're just digging in and doing it for two years. And then we're, you know, almost to the top. And here comes this group that just picks him up and picks us up, maybe, and brings him to the top of the mountain. Well, he they didn't pick him up and carry him. They just gave him like the proper Support shoes. Him. Yes, they didn't. They didn't right. have him walk up a icy mountain in flip flops. They gave him. <laughs> yes. They gave him snow boots and those yes. little sticks that you use to put into the side of the mountain. They didn't put him in flip flops and say, "See, he can't do it." The traditional accommodations of a mountaineer. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, we talk about accommodations. It's just what people need. Right. This isn't something that should be looked at as special. Anyway, no. to help him get to the top, right? And but. I wasn't as involved in that last bit. It was you weird too. It yeah. Was, it was so weird. Because so at the end I was going, oh, am I doing something wrong here? Did I, am I slacking here? Yeah. It felt really strange to have a school do their job. Hopefully it look felt, back and say that strange feeling we should, uh, we should feel good about. Well, that is one of the things that I really realized with his graduation is I have to acknowledge the fact that that journey we came through did a little bit of damage that I have to undo now. Like my trust level is so low when it comes to anything with school. Even these beautiful people who love my child, who see my child. I'm always like, um, okay, mm-hmm. this is what you said, but I just want to check in. They're really polite about it too. And they always thank us for our collaboration, which I don't think And they're that, open and they lay out things ahead of time. You know, yeah. like they even front load us. Mm-hmm. And they give us the accommodations that we need as parents who have gone through a rough time with IEPs. Mm-hmm. Even the way they set up the IEPs with oh my gosh, it was beautiful. A dream. Like um, I want you to know, it's out there. Slideshow and stuff. It was awesome. Yes, but it's but it is out there. Yes, and I hope that that is most people's experience. And if it's not your experience, then we got through. I want you to know you're gonna get through. Just keep your voice strong. Keep supporting your child. Keep knowing their rights. Keep the conversation alive. Take advantage of some of the things that we are learning now, of student-led IEPs, of just knowing the laws and the accommodations that are out there, that are out there by law. The law says they have the right to the supports to access their curriculum. That is what must be provided. If the school cannot provide the education, they have to find and fund 
your child's education. If they say, I can't do it, they have to find someone who can. But by law, please know the law. It's they're not doing you a favor. They may make you feel like it's a favor, but it's your child's right to an equal education. Your child has a right to an education. It doesn't always feel like that. It isn't always presented like that, but that is the truth. And your child and you, you're aren't burdens to the school. You're part of the community. You have the same right as anyone else. Yeah. So it's easy to be to feel like you're asking so much and stuff. If you're questioning, am I asking for too much? Find one parent and say, I'm really fighting for my child to be in this inclusive classroom and to have these accommodations so he can do the math. And see if that parent looks at you and says, that's outrageous. <laughs> They're not going to. They, they might wonder why you're questioning and feeling like it's such a big deal or a burden. That's the thing I hear all the time. I don't want to be a burden. I don't want to be the squeaky wheel. And I just want to erase that kind of thinking. That is a mindset that, was, that has been put upon us. That is not the truth. That is not the reality. Put upon us strategically. Oh, so smart. I don't want to give it any more power. I don't want to give it any more of my energy or my time. I just remember in the journey how much pushback we, we received. And I just always thought, though I don't think I ever said it to a teacher at this school. And by the way, I do believe and support all great teachers teachers, especially at this new school, Citizens of the World, that actually support my child. It's a bigger job, maybe, I don't know, but they don't see it as any different. We were always made to know that our child was a bigger job. Oh, in the old school. In the old school. We were, we were, we were highly aware at every turn, the amount of work that had to be done. I often thought, to say to those teachers and administrators who made Liam receiving an education such a challenge and then ultimately denying him an education. I just wanted to say you would fight the same fight for your child. And look what you're creating or trying to create or trying to squash but they were never really up for like a personal conversation. So I never really, I don't know, maybe I should have taken the chance to say, do you understand my story and tell me how you would do it differently for your child? And maybe I'll see a new path. If you tell me what you would do for your child, that's so different than what I am doing for my child. And that is providing the supports for my child to have the best life possible to reach their potential, all hopes to reach their potential, to give him a foundation to grow and build on every day. You tell me what you do differently for your child. I don't know. It's not a conversation I ever had. Maybe I should have. Yeah. I feel like it comes down to equality. I don't feel like the teachers that made us feel that way and make people in general, parents in general, feel that way. I don't believe they believe in our children. Or see them as equal. They yeah. don't see them as equal. Not when you all ask of them. them the question, 
No, no, not all of them. I'm just saying just some of the teachers we've, we experienced in our old school. If they were asked that question, what would you do for your child? But they would think in their mind, their child's different than our child. Maybe, yeah, I think you're you know, right. I think they see their students as the future. That's what teachers and parents, educators believe that this is the future. But our I don't child think they the include yeah. our children in the future. That's so sad to me too because our children just in a breath can break down a barrier. They have so much to give. They're such an asset. Like every person. But I think the, the, the truth is that you're saying is, yeah. But, you know, honestly, because our children are up against so much, when our children run an Ironman, that one Chris Nitschik running the Ironman once, it made so much change. And that is the power of our children because our children are examples of what perseverance is, of what overcoming in the face of obstacles. So our children are the future. And I just feel like in such a dynamic way in every aspect of their life, from their kindness and caring and present moment living to the fact that their accomplishments make changes, change minds. There's no doubt we'll see this all clearer in the future. I think so. Yeah, looking back, it'll be just a doodle. I just don't want to be really, really old when that happens. <laughs> but so back to Liam's graduation. Um, all of this went into the feelings of that day. All of this, like the breath and the preparation. I wasn't really prepared. And I think that was like one of those habits that I have. You know, I spent the day running errands. I battled with myself on running those errands. Are you just sabotaging yourself? <laughs> like mm. I just, you know, like getting gift cards for the teachers. And there was just all of this conversation and memories and just all the times I bought gift cards for people who really didn't care. And then, oh, am I repeating this behavior? And all of the self-doubt was just like, but it was boiling to the top. The, just the, there was no clarity. It was just like I was that caterpillar in the little thing that they become before they're a butterfly. I was the mush off my game, just kind of felt like I was floating through the day, completely unsure of everything. It was so hard to make any plans. Do you remember that? They were trying to even decide for dinner. We're like, well, well, what should we eat before? Where should we before? It just was so much unsaid and getting there and we were, I just felt so much more than ever that because Liam had transferred after all of that time, it was such a different experience just being in this school that we'd only been in for six months, though everybody, oh, with the administration, I mean, everybody on Liam's team were like, it just feels like you're part of this family and you've been here for so much longer. And Oh, so beautiful. And the celebration was so simple. And I loved the simplicity because I think that's what I'm trying to get back to is to be grounded in the beauty, in the simplicity of what is right before me and enjoying that and not feeling like I have to make it into something else. I think feeling like I had to make it into something else came from always having to make his education into something else. Always having to be there on top of it, but there being there in the moment. And it was really, um, at the same time, did you feel overwhelmed, but also just kind of 
Like we didn't know any of the parents there. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't the same community that we had been a part in of. So there was a bit, it wasn't isolation. It was just kind of like, oh, look at all these beautiful people. And mm -hmm. oh, those kids are dynamic and listening to the kids speak and make speeches and these beautiful, insightful words that they said. And I didn't think about it on the day, but it definitely was more even inclusive than the isolation that I felt for all the years that we had been at a school that didn't see our son and didn't educate him and just that dichotomy of that relationship um, in the community. There was isolation there, feeling that you don't belong because that's what happens when you feel like you don't belong, you feel isolated. And so I would have thought that I would have felt isolated at his graduation, not knowing anyone, but there's such a difference between not knowing somebody, the unknown, because there's potential there. There's all these people that I'm like, oh, maybe sixth grade, we're going to meet some new people and it's a fresh start and we'll have that time. There's such a different feeling than feeling like you don't belong, being told you don't belong. And I would have felt like those two feelings would have been inverted, but they weren't. I didn't feel isolated because we had been told we belonged and we had been told our child belonged. And doesn't that make, doesn't that take pressure off? It brings so much ease. A word I heard during the day was culmination. It was a fifth grade graduation and they didn't use the culmination word in the program or in any of the emails. But I don't remember if it was someone saying it on stage or I overheard someone just talk about fifth grade culmination and how it was truly a culmination of all yes. these moments. Oh my gosh, that's so brilliant because the culmination uh, at the other place of all those moments would have been horrible. This was exactly... Even if it was just six months, but also yeah. all these kids talking about their experience in fifth grade. Half of it, Liam didn't experience that fifth grade or their experience at that school since kindergarten. I loved hearing those stories because I felt like I was, and Liam and you and Sophia and everyone was a part of this celebration of all these moments together, even though really we didn't beautiful. experience those moments. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. I think that was the, and it didn't it just have ease instead of all the like struggle. Yeah. There was ease instead of struggle. And we had struggled for so long. And we talked about that. And I don't really want this episode to be all about the struggle or like, and I, and in a few episodes coming up, we talk about, you know, the repercussions that we felt and the getting through it and the emotions. That's a different conversation because that is about us. That is about us. And as parents honoring our journey and as parents healing and taking time to heal this was his, his graduation was so beautiful. And it was, it was a culmination of that six months and the beauty and just all the goodness, all the great, good things and all the good, great things and these kids. And, um, my fear was that our son had no friends because he, he had in the time that he had gone to the other school, he had two friends total that, you know, maybe he would do so. And he, and he went on two play dates in the entirety of his elementary school. So 
we went through a whole process of fearing that he wouldn't have any friends because we're not in the school. We're not, it's still COVID that we can't, we're not participating. There's not these events. We don't know parents. We don't know what's going on. And there was that fear that he didn't have any friends. And then from that fear came that realization that it's not about him having friends. That's, and even him having friends isn't a reflection on him. It's a reflection on the other students too. It's not like up to Liam. I mean, friendship is a two-way street, right? And if we think about every relationship that we have in our lives, it's two people. And so many things go into relationships. And there are so many different levels of relationships and friendships. I just want to take the pressure off of my son for it to be such a, a big deal or to mean anything more than what it is. I have friends that I can count on my hand, me, a grown woman, the real friends, those people who feed my soul and know me. And then maybe, you know, the amount of hands you need gets bigger and bigger as the parameters widen. My daughter had two best friends up until this year, up until ninth, two. So why should it be any different for our son? And with that knowledge, we could breathe and not put that pressure on him or on us or on other kids or whatever it is. But as we were walking through the halls, because they did this nice slideshow, hey, Liam, hi, Liam, hey, Liam. Liam was like, hello. So many. So many people just saying hi. And he said, hi. And that's what it is. There's not the pressure of this expectation. It's just the moment. I'm not putting pressure on those kids. I'm not putting pressure on my kid. It's just the moment. Let kids be kids. And we all find each other. But to do it with respect and kindness. I had been so afraid. And I think it was because I had been so afraid. Now that he was being educated, I thought for sure, <laughs> if he's being supported, then there, there must be something else. And there was lovely girl that tapped him on the shoulder. And she just wanted to say goodbye because it was graduation. She says, I don't even know her name, to be honest. He knew her <laughs> clearly. And they hugged and had a few words. I looked over at the parents and then this was my favorite moment. Usually in those moments, there are certain eyes looking back at me. Those looks I've learned to navigate and to understand why. But when I turned around to see who this little girl belonged to and saw the family, they were just there, smiling and happy for a graduation. And I waved and they waved and it was just that. Two kids saying goodbye, congratulations, or we did it, or whatever it is. I think I learned. <laughs> I've learned so much from Liam's journey through elementary school. I've learned that I have more of a voice in my child's life than any limit that some stranger can speak at him. I learned to see my son. I learned to listen to my son and to know that Liam knows what he's talking about. He may not have the words right now to ask for everything that he wants eloquently, but if I listen, he's asking and he'll have those words one day. I learned to keep moving forward. I learned to let go of the anger and the injustice 
so I can see the good that comes from the fight. But we're, we're fighting for our children, and we're fighting for the children who come behind us. We're fighting to make change, and, and every time we use our voice to make that change, we are making a change, no matter how much it doesn't, it may not feel like it all the time. We are. What are we teaching our children by believing in them? Because that's what we're doing. Whatever tract you decide to support your child and their education, what do they learn from knowing people believe in them and have patience with them to learn? We've given Liam, we've had patience with him. We've taught him that it's okay to take that journey to get there and then celebrate when you're there. And that's what this is. And it's okay to have a simple celebration. You know, I purchased some Taylor Swift feeling 22, class of 22 balloons, and that's his jam. He loves balloons and he loves Taylor Swift. It didn't need to be a ticker tape parade. It needed to be some non-dairy ice cream. (laughs) It needed to be seeing him and letting him shine. That's what we did it for. We didn't do it to prove to anybody. I had to be reminded. It wasn't proving it to anyone. That day was about Liam. He ultimately did all the work. We just had to clear the weeds away. He still did the work. And I have to remember to celebrate. I can continue to celebrate all summer long. But to celebrate him and encourage him to celebrate and know that now we step into something new. But no, but it's not about making it into this grand celebration. It is a great accomplishment. I love that about him. That it's not this giant thing. It's just the doing of it. And that's what makes it so special. Because he did it. If I had to do it all over again with the knowledge I have now, I would fight the fight. Still, I would stand for my child's right to an education and continue to believe in my child's ability. All of that, absolutely. I would support Liam with heart and soul like we did. The difference would be in the toll that I allowed the fight to take on me. I was fighting against a wall, an unmovable wall of people who were not interested in seeing my son as equal and ultimately what they proved to me in my opinion was they were not interested in educating my child or upholding his civil right so having that knowledge it's not a surprise it was consistent with their behavior for all of the years preceding but I continued to hope that they would be different and hope that they would change but we all know The only person who can change our mind is us. So it's not about changing their mind at a certain point. I don't have to prove who my son is. I can show them my son. And it's not any surprise that people aren't used to working with and educating children with Down syndrome because children with Down syndrome historically have not received that equal education and supports. So it's not a surprise that they don't know what to do. But maybe I would have showed them more what to do. Showed them 
what to do, what works for us. And when I sat in the IEPs, first of all, I would have from the beginning had an advocate or a lawyer at my side. I stand by that because you need someone who isn't emotionally involved when they say terrible things. You need someone who can advocate for you. Even if it is just a friend who represents you as an advocate and knows what, like, you know, when you're going to have a baby and you have a birth plan, like a IEP doula. And think of it, an advocate in your IEP as an IEP doula, someone who's going to carry out that plan. Just in case they throw a curveball at you. That I would always have. I'd know the law. I'd always read my IEPs. Every IEP, every assessment, read them. It's taxing, but I would have done it. I would have read every IEP after the meeting. There were so many IEPs that after that big, big, giant fight, I thought, okay, there's no way that this isn't going to be correct. And the mistakes that were in there were profound. I put that on me. I would have. I would have made, and I would have made them accountable. And I would have made them accountable by doing them the favor that if they didn't think that it was their job to uphold the law and my child's right to an education, with each violation, I would have filed a complaint. And then it's not in my hands because I tried the long road. I took the scenic route. I begged. I pleaded. I volunteered so many, so many hours, led committees, but they weren't dissuaded to not violate his rights. And the toll that took on me, that's what I would want to eliminate from this. And the only way I think that I can think of is that I would have just had someone with me, known the law and stood on it. And then once I left that room, once I stepped out of the fight, I would have done what every professional athlete does and I would have recovered. I would have allowed my muscles to recover and get strong again. I would have honored myself. I would have honored our family, my son who this fight was all about, and our space. I wouldn't be so surprised by the fight because once they prove themselves to you, trust them. They're telling you who they are. When someone shows you who they are, believe them. Don't try to make them into something else. And if I would have done that, I would have known that I was in an institution that did not believe in my son nor his right to an equal education. They told me that time and time again. Then I would have relied on the law and I would have filed complaints with each violation. And then I would have had that extra energy to enjoy my son's journey, to be present for the moments. I wouldn't have been so beat up emotionally and physically exhausted from the injustice. I hope your fight for the education isn't a fight, but a collaboration with a team that sees your child and wants to support them, just like every child. 
That's what I wish for you. But in this moment, I know that we had to take that path. We had to. That was our path. And we are forever changed by it. And hopefully our path and our experience, we can pass that on so that people who come behind us won't have to be on that same path. Because as soon as you step your foot on the path where someone is trying to take away your child's rights, you know that it's wrong. Like in Beauty and the Beast, which is Liam's favorite movie, and Belle's dad gets to that part of the wooded forest, and there's two paths. And everybody knows, Maurice, don't go down the spooky, dark, howling path. I know that now. But like Maurice, (laughs) we went down that path, and we found a beast but in the end of it all, it, it, it turned out okay. That beast of a system that was filled with anger and fear allowed us to have the transition to this new, beautiful school. Just in time for the rose petal. <laughs> we found this school before that rose petal fell. I love the metaphor because Liam loves that movie. And maybe one day he'll listen to his parents podcast and know that one of his favorite stories was very real to us. We are where we're supposed to be now at the beginning of a new path. And we're going to take everything that we learned. And we're going to carry it with us as knowledge, not as weight, but as light. And it will help us to navigate him further on his path to an equal education. But that's then. That's not for now. Right now it's summer. A well-deserved summer. A hard-earned summer. And um, I'm thankful for what we've been through. I'm thankful for where we are. And I'm so thankful that today we get to celebrate Liam and his accomplishment, because that's what this is all about. We are honored to have been able to support him and witness him work and see him grow and become. And he continues to become and grow every day. So it's, it's beautiful and humbling. We include you in our celebration today. And we are honored as well to be a part of your journey wherever you are, just know that you got this. Congratulations, Liam Socks. You're a middle schooler now. Well done, sir. Please follow us on Twitter at IfWeKnewThenPod, and you can drop us a line on our Facebook page at IfWeKnewThenPod, or visit our website, IfWeKnewThen.com, to send us an email with questions and comments. And you can join our mailing list there and get alerts of future podcast episodes. All these links will be added to this episode's show notes. Thank you again, and we look forward to you joining us on the next episode of If We Knew Then. Come and join.